Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I am your slightly laryngitis, yet more than willing, host, Joe. And we're here today to talk about episode 407, entitled Down the Rabbit Hole. Yeah, sorry we're a little late this week. We had some issues with babies that wouldn't go to sleep, so we're, our recording is a little delayed. Yes. But we're going to go down the rabbit hole. With you, with right you, now. right now. So this episode was written for television by Shannon Goss. Now, she also wrote two episodes from season three, mm-hmm. including the doldrums. Right. Which is when they were on the ship and Jamie was imprisoned and being yeah. named to Fergus. The boardrums. Yes. She and also called. Uncharted, which is where Claire is wandering the jungle yeah. forever. Bad news. So, not our favorite episodes from season no, three. Not even close. Maybe the two worst. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So she wrote this one as well, which I didn't mind. Makes a lot of sense after watching it. (laughs) So let's start with the title shot. Yeah. It's a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Now, this is another one of those homage for book reader like we had last week, which, by the way, thank you, Loin Lander fans. Yeah. Fans uh, multiple because we got a ton of messages on a number of different platforms all very much the same, if not nearly identical, explaining to us the significance of the snake in the privy. And thank you. Uh, we we loved getting all those messages, so so keep keep informing us of things like that. Yeah, that was awesome. And this title shot, the peanut butter and jam sandwich, is actually a reference to something that happens in Voyager, the third book, right. which I read thoroughly because I loved it. So I immediately picked up on this. And it was something that Claire actually did when she went back in time to meet Jamie. She made peanut butter and jam sandwiches, and it was one of my... Favorite descriptions of anything in the book Voyager. Yeah, I remember when we were watching it last season that you were very disappointed so that the sandwich wasn't there. And apparently other fans were too. And if and you know what, I remember hearing an interview with Meryl Davis and she said that she really regretted that she couldn't include the peanut butter and jam sandwich. Right. My favorite part she of it. She could have because they mean, included a whole bunch of crap. She included a 45-minute scene where Claire is just lying in bed. But right. That's okay. My favorite part of the description of the peanut butter and jam sandwich from the book Voyager, which book readers will probably remember, is that she had it wrapped up in cellophane, and when she was on the carriage being taken to the print shop, she finished the last few bites of it and crinkled up the saran wrap and threw it out and watched it roll down the hill, and it was the last piece of her time that she ever saw, basically. The world's first polluter. (laughs) Yeah. On top of her other <laughs> titles. <laughs> so this was actually Brianna's peanut butter and jam sandwich. Yes. And you pointed out that you thought it was unusual that they're doing these title shots that are only references for book Yeah, they're, do- they're doing these book reader homage title cards, which, um, I mean, I'm not a book reader, obviously, but on, on the surface, I don't mind that, actually. I, I feel like they're nice little Easter eggs, but... Um, it, I think it's kind of weird that they've started doing it mid-season. Like, well, like, and but agree, but the certainly with the snake and the privy, but the peanut butter and jam sandwich. Even if you hadn't read the books, Brie does eat it later on. Yeah, so, so it's relevant. It's a little Whereas bit of duality snake, to it. Yeah, but. the snake and the privy. That was that was a one-time. Either right. you get it or you don't. Yeah. Whereas the peanut butter and jam sandwich, you do see her pulling it out That's and eating true. it later on. So the very first thing we see in this episode is Brie walking in the mountains of Scotland, and oh my god, it is 
cold looking. It's winter up there. It is. She's got an old fashioned map, which I thought was a great idea. No. But you were like, why didn't she take a different Why wouldn't you take a real map and a compass? And She had a compass. Did she have a compass? Yes, she certainly did. I didn't see a compass. But here's the thing. If you're following old trails, you want to have a map written by someone who walked those exact trails. You don't want... But new maps are just more accurate updates of old maps. That's not true at all. Because certain trails... Yes, it is. No, it's not. Certain roads, certain things don't even exist anymore because there's houses all over them. That's fair. It would be like, oh, walk straight and find the pool and then turn right and see the condo. She's not looking for that. She's looking for a map There's not a lot of condos in the Scottish Highlands. I've been there. (laughs) But she's I've been all through there. She's, it's pretty accurate. I, I would say no, the, she the fresh needed, map would have done she it. She needed that old-timey map. Right. I thought well, that was really I feel smart. like both her and Roger really dropped the ball on the stuff they could have taken back in time. Yes. I know if I were to fall back in time, I would, uh, like, intentionally, <laughs> yeah. I would I would stock up with a lot of stuff. Yes. Well, and we'll get to that when Roger lists what he had packed. Yeah, that's, that's when right. he really started oh, talking to the TV about all the different things that you would do better. Exactly. Right. So as she's walking along, you realize she's walking along the same hills that Claire walked down when she... I did not realize that. Well, of course, right? I she, guess she would have from Craig Nadine. Exactly. And I was thinking to myself that if I ever fall back in time, I want to do it in the summer like Claire, not the winter, because it looked like Alaska when she was walking along. Right. She looked freezing. Then we see Roger. Oh, Roger. And what? 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 The I don't pants. Know. Somewhere, what? yeah. The pants. Somewhere he's like, step one, dumb pants. So he's shaved off his beard. Why? And in exchange, he's also shaved off his pants. And he's wearing these weird, like... Capris? Capri pants. Baggy, but they're like baggy, baggy, like MC Hammer Capri pants. I don't know if... I would say maybe that was the style. But when he goes back in time, nobody's wearing those like <laughs> jorts or whatever the hell he has on with his like leader hosen underneath. It's brutal. Come on. You're a historian. I know. And again, why can't he have a beard? Dougal had a beard. Everybody had a Myrta beard. Myrta has a beard. It's cold. Jamie often has whiskers. Well, in, yeah, in season, or at the beginning of season three, no. I don't know. When was he a caveman, Jamie? Oh, he had a long beard then. He had a big-ass beard. People wear beards, so, so why? A lot of beards. Heavy beard. Why? I don't know, because he looked terrible without it. He really Maybe, did. and the only thing I can think now, thinking back on the episode, the only reason I can think that they cut off his beard and... I don't know if they cut his hair much, but the, the reason they cut off his beard is maybe to show the passage of time. Well, interesting, because I've been listening to Meryl Davis and Matthew B. Roberts do their Outlander Stars podcast, and they talk a lot about the filming, and they really filmed this season out of order. And Richard Rankin wanted his hair to be authentic to the time, so he shot all of the back in time stuff first and he that ponytail he's wearing yeah, later on that's, that's real, his real ponytail that's not a stunt tail. so when they you know that horrible outfit that some of our fans and us were noticing when he's got that toque on yeah when they're in Falklands Kirk or whatever yeah, it's called right yeah. he had to wear the toque because his hair was all he'd already shot his hair was long he, he'd been shooting right all of so that. he had to tuck his tail under his right so toque. he needed the toque to hide that so sometimes there is reason behind the madness but i don't i don't know if we can it's a dumbass toque you could have got a better toque i don't know if we can excuse those pants no there's no reason behind the madness there right 
So he he lists to Fiona yeah. everything that he's kind of like Fiona. She could have played I a bigger know. role. But he said, do you hear that buzzing? And she said, no, the stones don't call to me. No. And uh, and he lists what he brought, and that's when you started just yeah, yapping. Yeah, like, come on, man. Yapping at the TV. Bring some smarter stuff. Like, first of all, if I'm going back in time, especially when I know there's all kinds of bad people around there, I mean, I'm not a violent man, but I'm going to bring a gun. Like... Right. If I'm going back in time, like like that's like a number one. I'm bringing a revolver and like probably three boxes of bullets, because I don't know that I'm gonna need it. But if I do need it, I'm really gonna want it. And I you can't get it. There's no like I don't know Bass Pro Shop or wherever the hell people buy guns, you know, down there. So in medieval Scotland, so like I'm taking a gun. Yeah, you were annoyed when he said he had a knife. Yeah, what are you going to do with a knife? Whittle him to death? No. You're a historian. You're not doing anything with that knife, Rambo. And I said to you, well, would you bring would you bring contemporary like medication and stuff? And you were like, at least some Tylenol. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because you, you asked me about penicillin. I was like, I don't know how to administer penicillin, but I would bring some polysporin for sure. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? I know. I you were you were not happy with his selection. Of... I mean, people won't know what it is. We'll go buy like a little jar and put it in there and just be like it's my magical witch salve or something like it's yeah. like I don't know, I be squeezed a little... it out of some leaves. Exactly. Yeah, like I, yeah. I I chewed bark and spit it into this thing and it's got magical That's fucking so polysporin powers. I know. We are so ready to I go know. back in I'm time. I'm so ready. My gun and my polysporin, I'm going to take over the world. We're going in the summer. And my stupid jean shorts or whatever the hell those were. <laughs> Okay. So then we see Brianna, and she um, has hurt her ankle badly, which yeah. was super annoying. She sees a road and gets all excited and, and then runs, rolls down a hill, well, yeah, twists her, her ankle. ankle. That night, she builds a fire. She brought matches, which I thought you would appreciate. That I do appreciate. That was a smart I'd thing to bring. I'd also bring a shit ton of matches. And while she's sitting there by the fire with her hurt ankle in the dark, she nibbles on her peanut butter and jam sandwich. Yeah. Which looked good. Looked really it looked, good. It looked good, yeah. And then we have a montage of limping. Yeah, there's a lot of limping. Yeah, so we see, we, yeah, high limping, low limping, some low angle limping, some mud puddle limping, a little bit of snow limping, I believe, in there, some side angle limping. Yeah, we get a lot of limping. It's like, hey, we get it. Yeah, limping. <laughs> and then, and she sees what I thought was Lollybrock, but she sees a home with smoke coming out of right. it. it Might have been Leary's house at this point. It, it had to. And have been, she yeah. falls over, passes out. And she has... Which I find weird. She's going and going and limping and like just trying to get somewhere. And she finally sees a place and she just passes out. It's Jamie, Jamie's daughter, for sure. She's tired. She passed out, knit some shit, and fell asleep. <laughs> and then she has a flashback to when she'd fallen asleep in the back of a car. And who do we see looking amazing with some hot glasses? Frank. Frank the Tank. So Back in action. Joe, unfortunately, because of his cold, can't imitate. I can't Latin. really do my. I I like to do my. Um, hello, Brianna. It's nice to see you. Uh, you but I can't. It's not really working. I can't do my 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 low Tobias. So, so. I screeched in glee when I saw yeah, him lean in and pull him pull her out of the car. Yeah. But it's just a quick shot. Right. And then she wakes up in a bed. It's the first of many frank backs that I feel Very were clever. unnecessary and oh, should have been last season. I loved them. This whole season, uh, mm-hmm. show, episode, mm-hmm. had a lot of unnecessary. More, It's just like Brianna stalling. Everything with Brianna stalling. But it's not. She's moving forward. Slowly. Snail's pace. Well, and then we run into... Limping. <laughs> limping, ever limping forward. <laughs> ever limping. 
Then we run into um, Leary. She has landed in Leary's home. Right. How fortuitously, in the Highlands of Scotland, she runs into the one crazy-ass loon that is probably the worst place for her to land. The coincidence machine, as someone wrote on Twitter, is in full force in this episode. Well, and it's funny because... The two people that Leary hates the most in the world, Brianna's like, hey, that's me. Yeah. They made me. They made I'm me. I'm the creation. I'm the offspring. Of the I am their blessed child. You hate the most. At this point, Leary doesn't know it, though. Nobody knows. And here's the thing. You're saying it's so fortuitous and such a coincidence. And well, It's not fortuitous, but it is coincidental. Well, but it's not really because she has a map leading her to Lollybrock, and we know that Leary's home is close to Lollybrock. Do we so, know that? Yes, we I do. I don't know that. I mean, think about how quickly she came around and shot Jamie in the arm when... That's fair. He and... They gotta be around the corner. Yeah. Okay. So, it's not it's not that coincidental. Turns out, Leary can actually be quite caring and kind. Yeah. And is only... It's a mask. It is. And we, we, we see the mask removed later right. on. Right. So, it's her and her little daughter. Joni. Joni. Yep. She couldn't be nicer. Cute as a button. Yeah. She looks like, she reminds me of Laura Ingalls from Little House oh, on the Prairie. Little throwback. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of close moments where you think, oh, here we go. Brianna's yeah. going to be connected. No. So we see old Ian come and he's giving yeah. the alimony that Jamie owes Leary, but it's not, not very enough. Much, and yeah. she's complaining and angry and... Brianna comes down and Larry's basically like, you're still tired. Go, Go to bed. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly like what she says. You're butting in. And- so this is tricky. And I think everyone knows why they ended up choosing this direction of, of you know, having Leary back in the show. It's but if you don't, it's because... Laura Donnelly was unavailable. Right. So... She had a baby. She was doing some Broadway, apparently, you yes. were telling me. And she just... She couldn't, she couldn't come back when they needed her to come back. And it's such a shame because... This book, Drums of Autumn, as I've mentioned, was not my favorite, so I did skim and I did miss quite a bit. But the part that I read thoroughly and loved is when Brianna goes back to Lallybrock, meets Jenny. Right. We've already got some comments on our Facebook page saying that this is this was uh, some of our listeners' mm-hmm. favorite scene, and, and there's some and disappointment that they changed it. I mean, it's heartbreaking, right? It's It's one of the nicest reunions for Brianna, who... Really, only had two family members, Claire and Frank, mm-hmm. and just learned Frank turns out not a, not a family member. And I think it's interesting that they really changed it. Like they changed it from what you tell me anyway. I haven't read yeah. it. Was a nice reunion to like this weird, almost like um, you know, like misery with Kathy Bates, yeah. like kind of kind of thriller. Kinda yeah, thing. yeah. It was interesting. Added added conflict that probably at this point in the story we don't yeah, need. Yeah, well, and it's just a big stall because you know Leary's not going to knife her in the face and, and she's going to get away, so it's just like, we get it. Your ankle's hurt. She stays at Leary's house for like a million years. She stays years. there way too long and it's basically one scene after another of learning that Leary is um, you know, still very hurt and mm-hmm. a man basher. Like, she is not into men. She's... Yeah. And, and you know, and this is juxtaposed with scenes of Frank and I... I actually kind of liked the parallel, and I do appreciate that, you know, Claire and Jamie, for for all of their, you know, wonderful love stories, and it is a great love, they destroyed, in the process, two people. Yeah. And in the book, it's just kind of like... It's an interesting... It's glossed past. Interesting thing that I didn't pick up when I watched that, because I found it all so boring. But uh, you're right, that is, they, they basically, it's a spotlight on the two 
characters that they know, were meant to be and who right, who, who were, sorry i shouldn't say that jamie was meant to be with larry uh, because that's just watch out. causing havoc but i do think that he was headed in that direction before he would have well, showed he, up and he was after she left too like larry was a strong b candidate a b candidate yeah for sure um and certainly claire and frank yeah were absolutely solid as a rock before she fell right in the stones at least tv series claire and frank i mean i know a lot of people and, and TV Frank is very different than book Frank. Right. He's much more villainized in the book. Um, yeah, I only know TV Frank, who's a good guy. He is a good guy. And they, I mean, with snappy all these... Snappy dresser, too. Snappy dresser, for sure. Yeah. And all these Frank backs just kind of reiterate that he was a, a very good person. Yeah. Who, because of the stones, and because of... His whole life king, fucked. Yeah. Yeah. King of knitting. King back, of knitting. Back in time, you can't fight that. You no, can't. You can't fight that. You can't fight you can't King fight of knitting. It. No. So, you know, I, I, I did, and I also I like enjoyed. You're calling him King of knitting. I can't help. That's it. a big point for me. <laughs> Hello. But I also, you know, I think something that was really lacking in season three was a lot. Was I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, was the fact that we never saw scenes between Brianna and Frank, even right. though they've emphasized, you know, they had a very close relationship. Claire has openly admitted that she was closer to Frank than she was to herself. And that's the thing. I, and yet we were missing any scenes between them. I feel like in you last season when we were watching season three, I feel this was a thing that I complained about a lot was I feel like a lot of these scenes would have fit far more in season three than they did in season four. Like, I feel like it would have been a better story. Agree, but there is something to be said about having pieces of the puzzle fit in in this season, which make which I actually really enjoyed. Okay, well, maybe some other people did. And if you did, feel free to write us at loinlander at gmail.com, loinlander at, or at loinlander on Twitter, and on our ever-popularized Facebook page, loinlander podcast, group. loinlander group podcast? Loinlander podcast. Group. Yeah. Loinlander. Anyway. <laughs> Carry on. So, and, and an example of this is the flashback to Frank discovering the obituary, right? right. I love That was it. interesting. That was the only like interesting part no of this. no wonder he wanted the divorce. And for people who've watched season three, which I think everyone has, there's that scene between him and Claire when he goes back to the house and he says he wants to separate, he wants to go to England, he wants to take Brianna. And she says, why now? Because it's not like yeah. they've had, they, they've been living these separate lives for quite a while together she says why now and yeah. now we know why yeah, because knew. he knew he he didn't tell her but he basically realized oh my god she is gonna go back in yeah. time again at some point she's gonna find him again mm -hmm. they're going to live as a married couple again and they're gonna die together again and more importantly abandon frank and brianna Right, and, that, Again. and I think that's why he... Brianna wasn't around the first no. time, but I think that's one of the reasons why he pushes so hard to have right. Brianna, because she gets quite defensive. I don't know if you remember that scene, but Claire freaks out at him right. when he says he's taking Brianna. She's so angry because as far as she knows at that particular point in her life... She's still going to be a competent mother. Yes. Nope. Yes. So, anyways, I loved this, and I also loved Brianna barging in and, you know, giving him crap for not answering the phone. Yeah. It's like she has such a good relationship with him. They had a him. great dynamic. A lot of chemistry between those two actors. It's a real shame that you'll never see them together on screen again. <laughs> but um, how nice is it that we got that we got this? Would have been nice last season. And you pointed out, because she's so upset and she doesn't know what the obituary means, and he puts his hand on her hand, and it seems like he's going to tell her the whole thing and yeah. he doesn't and then you said 
how on that's how honorable Frank is. Even at his lowest moment, he kept Claire's secret. But I pointed out that that was his secret. That was those were his conditions to it's not tell Brianna. True, but at that point, he knows that Brianna's basically begging him to tell him, and he's 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 basically has chosen to let Brianna be upset at him versus you know reveal because it would shake her whole life. Like that's like that's he he'd rather take the wrath onto himself. Yeah. Then then destroy her life. Yeah. I mean Claire's yeah. not that Claire wouldn't do that. No. I think Claire wanted to tell her though that Jamie was her real father. Right. So then we go back to Leary and we hear her take on her marriage to Jamie. And I thought this was quite interesting because it was quite contrast. Yeah, it's all buttercups and rainbows. Yeah. Well, the sauce of that witch came and took my Jamie away. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that's really different. That's very contrary to what <laughs> how Jamie described it. Laryngitis, my Larry sounds a little more like Rupert, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. So it's interesting to hear. And is she delusional? Probably, right? Sociopathic? She, yeah, for sure. Probably. Marcely has, has agreed that the relationship between her mother and Jamie was not a positive yeah. one. So Leary's rainbow and butterflies description, I'm, I'm pretty sure. She's scorned, but she's also cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, for she sure. She really is. Yeah. Meanwhile, we go back to Roger... And I just wanted to say, actually, and I know I go on about Richard Rankin, but I thought when he was about to go through the stones that he did a really good job, more than anyone else. Sophie Skelton blank as she put her hands to the stone, but Roger, I don't know if you remember, but he kind of closed his eyes and took a couple deep breaths, as you would, you would. if you, you were about to... You know you're to... about to get sucked back in time. Right? Yeah. So then we have Roger, he's at the harbor. Yeah. He's looking all around. His calves are cold. His calves are cold, and you said... Please note, no one else is wearing those pants. That's right. Nobody has those stupid-ass <laughs> pants on. Which is exactly what I thought. He almost immediately runs into Stephen Bonnet. Right. How fortuitous. So creepy. Wow, what a coincidence. Um, we haven't seen him since the robbery, and I found it very hard to watch scenes between our beloved Roger yeah. and this man that you know is so, so evil. And Roger is chasing him down. I also find it weird... The whole Stephen Bonnet in Scotland thing is odd because last time we saw Diamond Steve Bonnet, he was a pirate uh, on the run in the Americas, and now he's suddenly back in Scotland as like a fairly on the up and up, like well, sea that's captain. It. That's what he's always done, right? He goes back and forth. He's a pirate. He's always on the ocean. No, he's but taking, a pirate quote cargo close quote. Yeah, he but probably he's... switches. But he's also taking, like, families and stuff. Like, that's not, like, it's not exactly Bluebeard, you know? Like, he's 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 not, like, sailing the high seas, but I also swabbing don't the decks think, or whatever the hell pirates I do. Like, it's he's that, actually... Yeah, I but I don't think the people on his boat are people that are, you know, booking secure passages on their trip to America. I think the people that find him in his pub and give him money to get on his ship, it's it's dodgy. It's dodgy. I guess, but I don't know. It didn't seem that dodgy. He was he just took passage from people and also like Rogers just like I'm going to work for you cuz I'm plucky and can lift this barrel and he's like okay yeah you get paid yeah like a real pirate would be like fuck you and you would shoot him in the bare knee you know like that's he's it's a weird character switch i don't know is was this in the book is it that dumb in the book I just Who all knows? I remember about Let's just say no one here knows. <laughs> Feel free to write us in and tell us. I know that, that Roger's journey across the ocean was not pleasant. Was it with Stephen Bonnet? I don't know. Oh, we I don't, don't know. I don't think it was. I might we be skimmed. wrong. Please let Hard me know. Skimming. 
But I do remember all the stuff with Morag and the and her son. I don't know. What it that went means. on forever. Is that the teething baby? Yes. Okay. All right. But cool. we will get back to that. Um, so meanwhile, Brianna, things have taken a turn. She sings a song. She sings the San Francisco song to little Joni. Yeah. And says it was my mother's favorite song. She says, who is your mother? And Brianna, Claire Fraser. Yeah. Do you know her? Nell Hudson's face. Oh, that's where she she plays full crazy. I don't know that anyone has done a better crazy face since uh, Claire Danes in Homeland. <laughs> she is still the all-time best crazy face of all crazy faces, in my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, Leary pulls out a serious crazy face. Her like, face totally transforms. Like just contorts. And, and psycho. All of the psycho. She's got a knife in her hand. Yeah, she's chopping the peas. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and she just starts saying like, mean things. I don't think your dad wanted you. He's oh. a bad person. Your mom's a witch. Just, like, bad stuff. Yeah. And Brianna takes it all and is like, well, I should leave. I can tell I'm not welcome here anymore, so I'm going to go. And then Leary chases her up to the room and is, like, basically starts getting on her again. And, and well, then Brianna says something. She well, and then says, Brianna, yeah, beaks back off to her, like, because she's obviously Claire's daughter. And um, Oh, wait, I just wanted to talk about when... Before before the discovery, Brianna says in probably my least favorite line, right. I have to find them because they're going to die in the fire and I can prevent their death. Oh, right. It's like, what are you doing? No one would say that. If I time traveled, mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, will, probably. I wouldn't say that. No. And Yeah, and Leary's like, if you can tell me anything about the guy who owes me a shit ton of money, I'm really interested in that. Exactly. And then it just sort of spirals. They go up into the room and Brianna, in another not wise choice of phrases, says says to Leary, and no one should say this to Leary ever, but I quote, the truth is that Jamie Fraser has never loved you. Close quote. Why? Why would you say that? I mean, that? that's, just, that's just mean at that point. And it's also like poking a bear. Like, yeah. you know how sensitive. You, you've been living with Leary for I don't know how many days now. Yeah, you don't say that to someone with crazy eyes. With crazy, I, like she's very sensitive about mm-hmm. Jamie. So very Larry's sensitive. Like, You're a goddamn witch, and I'm gonna lock you in this room and call the popo. Yes. Flashback or Frank back to when he walked out on Claire in the final in the final scene that we ever saw Frank in. Besides when he's laying there and his dead corpse is yeah, dead Frank. Is yeah. Um, the last time we ever see him, he's wearing that mustard colored turtleneck, and he says to Claire, <sighs> "If it wasn't for Brianna." over time would you eventually have forgotten Jamie right and she says not on your damn life she says no amount that amount of time doesn't exist I wish also mean and shitty well, it's very true though for her it's shitty and That's Frank shitty all Frank can think is wow these two really love each other yeah. <laughs> so he just turns around he grabs his keys and he walks out never to be seen again except in these flashbacks so it turns out Frank didn't just get in a car and die. He got in the car and drove to find his daughter. Right. To woo her. To move with him yeah. to the Great Britons. Yeah. And this is a really nice scene between them. And you know what? Sophie Skelton, I'm going to give it to her. She acted very well in this scene. She acted hurt and confused and upset. And she denied it at first. Like, you're like, too old to get divorced. Right. I like that. And she's like, who? 
who asked me? Like, where's my choice and in all like, this? You don't, that's not how it works. That's not how it works, kid. But he is so patient and so loving and very fair to Claire. He says, you're important to both of us and yep. we both he love you. He never dogs Claire. No, one we time. both love you very much. And he also says it wasn't for lack of trying, that yeah. this didn't work. So On he's his not, side, anyway. Well, I think he acknowledges that Claire tried too. Like, the two of... Like, he, I thought, was so great in this scene and just, just the perfect father, which is great because it's the last time right. she it's ever a, spoke to him. It's a good send-off. And then, as she's storming away, he leans forward and he says, Brianna. Brianna. I love you. I love you. And she slams the door. Oops. Then she stands over his grave. And like, then, yeah. And, and she, we had this, like, weird mid-flashback because it's not quite there. It's not like, it's like a... Well, it's obviously a, about, like, three days later, right? Is it? It's right after the yeah, accident. Yeah, there's flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she stands over his grave and she's feeling guilty. Where's Claire? Like, why isn't Claire with Claire, her? Her daughter big, is grieving. Yeah, big Claire don't care. <laughs> and she says she feels like it's it, because of her. And right. you said to the TV... That is true. It is her fault. It is. If she would have just been like, yes, all cool, Frank wouldn't have like gone on that sad drive and got smoked by a car. Yeah. It's on her. Sorry, Brie. Meanwhile, Roger is adjusting to being in the past. To boat life. And working on the boat. He's becoming friendly with everyone. He's adjusting the lights. And one person in particular he becomes friendly with is a woman named Moreg. Right. And her son, Jemmy, she calls him, right. but it's Gemini, Jer- Jeremiah. There you go. So Jeremiah. Mackenzie. Mackenzie. That's right. So Moreg, and I remember this from the book because I pronounce her name? really liked, yes, I really liked this. Moreg married Dougal and Galus's son. Right. So... Jemmy, the little baby that Roger saves, is his seven times great grandfather. Right. So he and Moreg aren't actually related, but Moreg married the son of Galas and Dougal. So this child is actually his direct, direct descendant. descendant. Right. And this is when you, well, we'll we'll get into the paradox that yeah. you kept screaming at the TV. Paradox. Paradox. That's right. We'll get the into that. Outlander gives no fucks about the laws of science fiction. No. Um, and then in a very... Also, we haven't talked about the other... My other time travel... Should we just save all my Outlander gives no fucks for, for time travel, like, in one... No, what were you going to say? Well, <clears throat> the other thing I had an issue with, big time, in this episode, and I knew it was going to happen, um, so I don't know why I was so upset now... Is basically that um, Outlander doesn't care about any sort of rules. Like, it's just like, we will use the mechanic of time travel for to tell our weird love story, and that's all there is to it. Like, I find it weird that Brianna and Roger would go back in time to, like, the exact same time as Claire and Jamie are, when we've seen in the past that that's not how it works. Like, when Galus went back, she went back from 1960-something, and shot back to a time before Claire before Claire arrived. Claire arrived. So, and then Claire went back to whenever time eighteen something seventeen 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 something or other. But then Brianna and Roger both go back to the exact same time that Claire now, is now. That Claire is now, which is like okay, <clears throat> that's fine. So if it's maybe it's like bloodstream related because Galus is is uh, Roger's whatever umpteenth grandmother. 
But then that would make me think that, okay, well, maybe Brianna gets sucked to, like, Claire blood. I don't know. It makes no sense. Like, well, it does. She, I'll explain it. No, explain it, it. It, you've explained it to me before, and it still makes no sense. But give it to the listeners. I will. Thank Please. you. So when it, the idea that Diana has always explained is when you go back in time, you're drawn to a certain person or event. So in Galus's in Galus's experience, she was trying to fight the the jack she was the trying jack to be in the jack by cause. Yes, and she wanted to prevent the battle of Culloden or have the outcome be different. So she channeled that energy to the time period that she wanted to go to, which is why she went from 1968 back to right. when Dougal and all of his men are starting the resistance. Claire just goes back to like a rando well, Claire time. Claire is meant to be with Jamie, so she was pulled back to that time period because Jamie is there. Because they are connected. And we know they're connected because Jamie comes to find her even before she meets him. Remember so, when, Cla- when, so when Frank. I'm dry heaving in my it's mouth right super now. Super romantic. So she was meant to be with Couldn't him. Couldn't be less. So she's anything. dragged back to his time period. Right. Now Brianna is thinking about. Claire. Claire. So that's why she goes there. Same with when Claire went back in time to see Jamie the second time. She was thinking about him. So she was pulled back to where he was. Brianna's pulled back to where Claire is. And obviously Roger. I mean, does anyone love anyone more than Roger loves Brianna? So he is... Frank loves Claire. Yeah, he did love Claire for sure. Um, But Roger... and, And Frank loved Brianna. Yeah. But Roger loves Brianna so much that he's pulled back to where she is. That's so fundamentally stupid that it's I can't even start explaining and it. And when, also just, no, no, in Jamaica, oh, right. when when after she beheads Galus, yeah. Claire hears the buzzing of the stones and she's drawn to it and she just starts walking towards it because she's thinking about Brianna because she'd just seen that picture of her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but Jamie has to like pull her away. But she's drawn to her connection to Brianna. No, okay. So when you travel the time, when you travel time, Joe, through the stones, mm-hmm. you go to the people that you're drawn to. Wrong, I think. You can't it's say just, it's wrong. I, That's well, Diana Gabaldon's... Well, here's why it's wrong in the show, in my opinion, is because no one ever explained that. If, if they had actually done like a little exposition vomit somewhere where they're like, yeah, you're drawn to... Whatever, you, like they've never. This is maybe in the books. They it's maybe in like it, a though. prologue they or do explain it. When blog Galus, somewhere. When Galus is going back in time, because remember, Galus thinks that you need a gemstone. Galus, yeah, Galus thinks killed that you, people. Galus yeah, she thought you needed to, to kill people. So she, but Claire points out that it is the stone because remember in season two when Jamie sends her back in time, he gives her his father's ring. Uh-huh. But then when she arrives in 1948, devastated, she finds it and the stone is gone from the ring. So what stone did she lose when she went through the first time? Again, it's all just... I mean, we don't know. She might be wearing know. a necklace Maybe she had a stone in her foot. Who knows? <laughs> like, it's all just... You can't even... There's it, logic. There no, is. You're fighting no, You're fighting the time travel logic. And that's going to make it a less positive... You're wearing Harlequin blinders. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just It's just so... Like, you just have to stop thinking about it. They just... They just it's purely just a mechanic. You know, like, it's just a tool... There's no sense to it. If you don't want to see the sense, then you won't see it. And you might find it to be a frustrating viewing experience if you fight the logic. Oh, boy. We're just getting into the frustrating viewing experience now. Okay, good. You have to go with the romantic logic, Joe. Right. Okay? So now we're back to... So stupid. Now we're back to where Roger is on the boat. And there's that scene where Stephen Bonnet 
is about to throw a little girl off the ship. Yeah, so there's a, is a what is it, measles, smallpox, something. Mm-hmm. There's an epidemic on the ship, a breakout. And, um, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not good, but I can sort of understand where Stephen Bonnet is coming from. Like, not kill people, but, you know, basically he needs to isolate the breakout or the whole ship's going to die. You could put them, like, on the bottom exactly. of the ship. Exactly. You don't have to kill them. But, you know, so, but but that's his pirate way is to just, like, get them off my ship. And what did you think of this scene? I mean, I don't know. I, I found back in time Roger to be, they didn't establish him as this, like, like, he went from being a, like, a dorky historian who wore a lot of beige sweaters to now all of a sudden just, like, instantly he's, like, this, like, rugged stevedore on a ship with a ponytail and he's like standing up to pirates and it's just it's a weird character switch that they they, they it would have been nice if they would have maybe established that roger had any sort of like toughness in him whatsoever just all of a sudden he just like switched over to this like but he's burly... not that tough he's not that tough because think about when he first he meets that... morag and his and her baby and he and Stephen Bonnet comes and takes the baby. You can see Roger's very uncomfortable because yeah. the mother's uncomfortable, right. and he's like his eyes are darting back and forth. But he doesn't know what to do. Right. The only time he actually stands up to Stephen Bonnet, it's almost involuntary. It's because he just saw him push a little girl off the boat, right. and that's when he screams like, "How could you? It was just a child." He's not really being a superhero and like going no, against but, him. And then well. he backs right away. He, he stops talking. He's like, well, I'm leaving. And what he does is he goes and finds Morag and the baby right. because he knows he can perhaps help them. Yeah. But I don't think he's acting like a superhero. I think he's really caught off guard and a little bit overwhelmed. And he says something out loud. And Stephen Bonnet basically is like, would you like to jump off the ship? And he's like, mm-hmm. nope. And he retreats. So he's yeah. still the same character. I mean, I definitely don't. I have nothing against the nobility of it. But I just feel like it was out of character for what Roger has been established as so right. far. So when the little girl jumps, get, sorry, she doesn't jump. <laughs> she did she not jump. gets pushed over. Right. Then her mother jumps Just over. goes right after. And what did you think of this? Did you think that something else was going to happen? I thought, <laughs> I don't remember in the book, but I thought maybe Roger would like throw over a flotation device or something. Yeah, no. I actually thought Roger might jump and help them. I mean, what's he going to do? But I think he considered it, because he went over yeah. and looked and, and was like, like, whoa, whoa. That <laughs> water's real wet. Yeah, it's, uh, no, he couldn't do anything. And the mom went, I mean, was pure just maternal instinct, but. I mean, do you think she even got connected to the daughter? Like, do you think they found no, each other in the water? No, probably not. They probably froze to death and Together? or drowned. Maybe. Let's just... I, mean, in a, I just hope that if she jumped after them... What I think is they magically, through their love of rocks, traveled through time and are now on a beach in Maui somewhere. Or me, more realistically, maybe they found an island close by and are... Maybe. Are okay there I mean, together. freezing cold water's in the middle of the ocean. What could possibly go wrong? We've all seen Titanic. I know. They're with Jack now. Yeah, that's right. Back to Brianna. Joni rescues her from the, from the locked room. And takes her on a horse and buggy to Lallybrock. Right. This was a great scene, watching Brianna pull up to Lallybrock. I will say, though, that Lallybrock isn't Lallybrock without Jenny standing there with her hands on her hips. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really miss... Whenever I picture the outside of Lallybrock, I picture Jenny pregnant, bustling around. Right. And Lallybrock seemed really stark. Like, I'm not sure why, but it just seemed really empty and open and... 
it seemed like exactly like when we went and yeah, visited like a couple years ago. Yeah, they just like ago. rolled up and like, <laughs> like all right, I know. take a shot. Where are yeah. all the people and the farmers and or, the animals? Yeah, like, a, like throw a pig around there, let, let a pig run around a or dog, something. Yeah, something. Any, anything, yeah. Yeah, it did seem like a bit of a set. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. And then Young Ian, we go inside to somewhere else and Young Ian's like, oh. oh it's Old Ian. Old Ian, sorry. But it's such a nice moment to have Brianna finally meet one of her relatives. Right. And he gives her a bunch of money and she says, I can't take that. And he says, like, I... Don't worry. This is Larry's money anyway. He says, I, you can, your family. Right. And I thought that was such a nice moment for her. Because Old Ian's a good guy. He is a good guy. And it's just a little hint for her of the kind of mm. family and person her father is. Right? Yeah. And then he's like, also, here's a giant trunk of your mom's stuff, which for some reason she didn't take with her. She didn't take with her because they ended up having to chase young Ian to Jamaica. Oh, yeah. She wasn't planning right. on... She. It wasn't like she was like, well, now I'm going to go settle in North Carolina. They got shipwrecked. Fair point. Lots happened. But I like that, and I don't... That's the exact same coat, and this is something I love about the costumes, is she was just re-wearing the coat that Katrina yeah. Ball wore in season one. Right. That beautiful coat when she's talking to Ned Gowan. It's a nice puffy coat. It's a great puffy coat. Um, and then Old Ian takes her to the harbor, the same harbor that we saw Roger at. Right. And this is where you pointed out that the time. Yeah, Megan frame... and I had to pause. Megan and I paused to discuss this because it's really confusing. Because, okay, so Brianna the went math first. is weird. Brianna went first, and she was like, "Let's say so." Roger finds out that she's gone to Scotland two weeks after she's left. Yeah. <clears throat> then Roger needs to like but shave his stays, beard and buy those shitty pants. She stays at that bed and breakfast for right. a week. At least a week. So when he goes to that bed and breakfast, she's been gone for a week. Right. She's traveled <clears throat> through the stones for a week. Right. So then let's say it takes Roger, I don't know what, four days, to five days, maybe pants, a week to cut off his pants. Shave, off, shave his beard. Get ready to go. So he goes, so let's say he's two weeks behind her, maybe. Yeah. Um so then it's like he got to the harbor way before her because she right because how long was she at Larry's house like they almost maybe got to the harbor at the same time like the time frame was really weird like who who got to the harbor well and they were obviously showing I mean Roger had been on that boat you you were like so there's so many weird flashbacks right he had a ponytail on that boat so he'd been on there for a month two months yeah well because Stephen Bonnet said there was like three or four ports before where he wanted to go and that's you know like it would take you know at least weeks if not maybe months to get from port to port yeah um so you know like that's a lot of time so the the time jumping in this episode was another thing that i really hated there was no context to it it was was, i don't know where anybody's at what time it is well and the last time we see roger it's uh when he's smuggling food to Moreg and her baby mm-hmm. and Stephen Bonnet comes down and he flips the coin and again Roger is not heroic he's just like he doesn't even realize what's happening he says you don't have to flip the coin to take the lives of right. this mother and child and Stephen Bonnet's like no not of theirs yeah yours and Roger just like sits there hoping that the coin right. tosses correctly and people have pointed out they do a close up at one point on Stephen Bonnet's hands I don't know if you remember but he's wearing a lot of rings but on his pinky it's Claire's wedding ring. Really? Which is a little thing that I didn't notice, but right. I thought was kind of cool. Um, he likes that ring. He does. Just to go back to um, Brianna at the docks, though, she finds it much easier to get a boat. Like, basically, Roger begged to get on the first boat, the only boat he could. Brianna just walked in and was like, oh, hello, boat man. Can you take me on well, your boat, Well, that's because man? old Ian would have 
looked up the schedule he knows and he would just say you know you go here right. you ask for this i guess yeah and the place that she went looked a lot more legit like when she said two passages to right. like that was a lot more legit than when Stephen Bonnet was sitting in the pub. What happened with Roger between when he went through the stones to getting to the docks? Like were there not some adventures there? Like did he just walk there with his weird shorts? Like what happened? Good question. Yeah, like did any did he meet anyone along the way? Did he meet I don't know. Well, I know the Dougal like most... no he's dead. No, he meets some other rando character Ned? Where's Ned? Where is Did he? Maybe Ned? he stayed at Ned's house the that whole time. That would be nice, Roger and Ned. I would yeah. Think, why would they bring Ned back? Why couldn't? Why couldn't Brianna have found Ned? Have found Ned. How nice would that have been? That would have been cool. That would have been great. I would have liked that. And so, then all it would have been a really interesting, like it wasn't in the books, but because I always wondered why Claire never told Ned she was a time traveler because I really feel like Ned would have been on board with it. No, he's too lo- he's too logistic. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I just got the just that he would have he would have been into it. I think it would have been interesting if he would have found out she was a time traveler through Brianna. I think it would have been a nice moment. Mm. We could rewrite the show. Maybe in a better show, they'll do something like that. Um, not this one though. So Brianna says goodbye to Oldian, and he says, "Your father is going to be so excited to meet you." And it actually makes me well well up saying it because she needs to hear that, right? right. She has no idea who this Jamie Fraser guy is going to be. All she's heard is that he was apparently not a very good husband right. to Larry. And like, why didn't she twist her ankle and then just go to Lollybrock and have to hang out at Lollybrock for a couple weeks? Because I think it would have been too strange. They made it seem like she was only in Lollybrock for a day, and right. Jenny was delivering a baby. But it would have oh, been too, too strange, strange not to see Jenny. Yeah, okay, that, too, that yeah. makes sense. Too much not Jenny. Right. So she meets Lizzie. Yeah, and then there's this, I, I mean, apparently this is a character in the book. She's but She's a big character in the book, and she's supposed to be a tiny little blonde waif. Right. And this woman is... She's not, but that's fine. Maybe things. she's a great actress. She, she didn't have be. one line in this movie nope, show, so we didn't know. sad. But yeah, so this dude comes up, and he's like, my daughter is going to be a concubine. And, but no, it's interesting, because Brianna, it, I just found it so interesting that Brianna like, is like, uh, okay. But then like she, she takes him on. And pays for her, but then doesn't show any compassion to this girl whatsoever. She never actually speaks to her. Well, they're walking together. They will. They will speak. But she is walking in the. the, She's like walking three steps behind her. I just found it weird that she would compassionately take this girl on, but then not actually. Well, she she doesn't. She's taking her on as a servant, but she doesn't want to actually have her as a servant. So I I think she's just kind of walking along beside her. I thought it was weird. And while they're walking, Lizzie's father. Is like, make sure to write, Lizzie. Yeah. I'll miss you. And in my, in in a wonderful, wonderful scene, she turns around, and who does she see? Dead Frank. Her father. The ghost of Dead Frank. Stupid. Looking snappy. Looking great, Has though. never looked snappier. Oh, love that suit. And uh, I feel like this scene, you didn't like it. I loved no, it. No, so I, dumb cried and cried but I think you're missing out on the significance she is going to find her real father right and she needs permission almost from Frank who was the best father anyone could ask for and he kind of is giving her that right through her own weird mind like I feel like she hit her head and this is sort of like a schizophrenic moment like a beautiful mind that line he says to her you know when things 
get difficult, you just soldier on. Mm -hmm. And things did get difficult, and she soldiered on. And he gives her this proud nod, like, go ahead, find him. But he's not there, so this is all in her head. But his spirit is, and that's what he would do for her. Sorry, that was me vomiting in my mouth a little bit, that that sounds... It's beautiful. No, it's not. It was a beautiful moment, and it was a much nicer it was much better closure for that character and for her relationship with her father than just never seeing a scene between them and then he dies I guess I didn't like it you didn't like that scene thought this whole episode was Stallzilla if it was a monster it would be called Stallzilla so then off she goes she walks onto the ship saying goodbye to Frank and walking towards the chance to meet her real father I wonder if she'll find him do you think she will I mean Logic dictates she will. Are you looking forward to the reunion between Brianna and Jamie? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, there's been so much like delay and build-up. I would love to finally see it, yeah. Although somehow in my mind, I feel like she's going to get shipwrecked on an island and Lord John Gray's going to be there or just some other super rando meet-up. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Um, uh, what's the guy? His little his little buddy Stephen who found, no no the the guy who the healer guy the acupuncture guy maybe he'll be there. Oh, I don't think he comes back. Like I just feel like something's gonna happen. Just, no, no, maybe not. But I just would with what we saw in this episode, just like the rando coincidence. Are you looking forward to Roger finding Brianna? <laughs> no, I think he's better off on his own. I think he's finally finding himself on that ship. Good for you, Rog. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, do you think do you think we'll have a Christmas special? I don't. Really? It's going to air right before Christmas. They're not skipping any weeks. You think they'll have a Christmas episode? I would like for them to. They celebrated Christmas. Jamie's very religious. I don't I don't think they're going to have a Christmas episode. You don't? You think that would be next episode probably? I mean, yeah, fingers crossed. Really? Yes. What? And for Christmas Jamie gets a daughter. I mean, that could work. Oh my god. I'm crying. No, I'm not. Well, the next the next episode is titled Wilmington, and Sam Hewen has said that his favorite episode of this season started with a W. Oh, dun dun dun! So I think that there will be a reunion. I'm hoping in the next episode we get well, a reunion with. Spoiler alert: Roger is going to Wilmington. Right, and we know he's going to survive. Do we? I don't know. Do we? I mean, I assume we. I do. know he's going to survive. He's- so. I want, in the next episode, I would like three different reunions. I want a reunion with Roger and Brianna. I want a reunion with Jamie and Brianna. And I would like a reunion with Claire and Brianna. Please. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to make a, a, a prediction, my, a loin prediction. Okay. I'm going to predict, in truly lame fashion, that um, Jamie encounters Roger before he encounters Brianna. Oh, okay. That's what I think. I think Jamie and and Roger are going to meet up first. Well, here's what I will tell you, and this isn't a spoiler, but it's if if they... I think it will be. Jamie and Roger's first meeting is um, horrific and traumatic, so it'll be interesting to see if it's the same. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, they're going heavily off book. They are going heavily off book, but yeah, a lot of readers find Jamie... Well, I'm, yeah, I, I won't pudding. Keep, it's more than Shirtless. that. <laughs> Anyways, it'll be really interesting to see all of those different reunions. All well, of speaking them. of which, let's go back and talk, because um, I feel like we're almost to the end here, yeah, right? Yeah, we are. So, 
Um, an interesting part of this episode is no Jamie and Claire. Yeah, that's first time huge. ever. Huge. Yep. First time ever that Katrina Bolf hasn't been in an right. episode. Uh, Sam Hewen wasn't in the episode The Search from season one, where it was just Katrina Bolf and Murdy and Murdy yeah. um, looking for him. Um, and that makes sense because in the book, Jamie isn't in it for chapters and chapters and chapters. So I assume that there would be an episode where Sam Hewen wasn't in it and he wasn't. So this is his second episode ever right. of not being in it. And Katrina Bolf's first a day off. Yeah. Probably more than a day, probably a couple weeks. I hate to say it, they were missed. They were very missed. And how did you feel Sophie Skelton did? I think she's fine. I, I thought she had really good chemistry with Tobias Menzies. I don't understand why you don't like her that much. I think she's okay. I mean... Wooden. I don't think she's that wooden. I mean, none of the none of the actors on this show are all that... Like, they're not... I mean, Katrina Ball's pretty good. Tobias Menzies is pretty good. But, like... Roger is amazing. No. I don't like Roger at all. I don't think you're watching him. Unfortunately, every he, week I am. He is... As this his, podcast proves... <laughs> Facial expressions are just the best. Now that you can see his face. In order of amazing, it's Tobias Menzies, uh-huh. Richard Rankin, right. Ty for Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfe. Also, Ned. I would say... Oh, um, and Murta. As far as acting ability goes, I would give it to Tobias Menzies, number one. Uh, David Barry, number two. Lord John Gray. He's number mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. Then probably... Um, I forgot about Lord John Gray. He is so yeah, good. Yeah, he's great. And then I'm going to... You know, Cat Balf is in there for sure. Yeah. And then... Um, I don't know. Then it's just like a deep slide. You're forgetting about Richard Rankin. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not forgetting about Richard Rankin. I can tell you who's down at the bottom. Um, Fergus. Oh, you you had to get your cut in with Fergus. You're like, yeah. I haven't said anything bad about Fergus. Yeah. Um, really quickly though, what do you think about Stephen Bonnet? That guy's a good actor. He plays crazy. He's There's something about his eyes. I don't know. He's kind of he's over the top. He's he's like he's kind of he's okay. You know what? I I complain that the show doesn't have enough villains, and he's a pure villain, so I like that. But he's like almost cornball. Really? Like I really feel like they don't know what to do with them. They just, like, shove them in where they need, like, we need a bad guy. There you go, Stephen Bonnet. Ha, 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 twist my mustache. Well, like, people it's... are, I think, I don't know if this is good casting or not, but a lot of people find him really attractive, and I don't think he's supposed to be considered good-looking. Oh, really? Well, I mean, yeah, like, he, I mean, when you're on screen with Roger... That isn't enough. Richard Rankin is very handsome. Uh, they are not, they're trying to downplay that, though. Well, mission accomplished, kids. <laughs> Okay, loin points. Uh, loin points, um, I don't know, 15. Okay. Because um, it sucks. That's silly. That's silliness. Why? Because it is. There's a lot of waste of time. Just like waste, waste, waste. The stuff with Roger on the boat was the best stuff. Yeah. And that wasn't very good. Okay. So I would give this episode 93. Wow. Because That's low for you, though. No, it's not that low, but I would give it a 90. You were on 100 Street I for a while. I solidly enjoyed this. Really? But it gets an extra three points because of Tobias Menzies. He only gets three points. Well, yeah. You have a Frank bobblehead. Well, that's probably... <laughs> Which was a gift. Thank you. Um, Yeah, 93. Really? I, this, that's a sol- this was a solid episode. I would watch it again on a night when I couldn't sleep. I would probably come downstairs, and this is an episode that I would turn on. 
certain if, episodes if I would you want it would be perfect if you wanted to go to sleep know. yeah no i understand I mean for comfort and enjoyable right. entertainment oh, my mistake not for boredom like there's some episodes of outlander you can't do that with like no Worth prison i'm not going to be snuggling up on my couch watching that late at night right, right? um do no harm i would just like to erase that from my memory right but this is an episode where I would turn it on and cuddle up with a cup of tea and watch it. Okay. Yeah. Well, my voice is pretty much shot. So, MVP. Uh, <laughs> MVP is, um, I mean, I got to give it to Tobias Menzies because it's the last time we're ever going to see him. I didn't think his scenes were very motivated, but he was great in them. Okay. Me too. MVP. I, I miss him. Uh, hello, Claire. Uh, I also give... Uh, I give him. He does this a lot. This like... Uh, he doesn't. Like, he does not. Uh, he most certainly does not do that. Uh, you do that, but he does not do I that. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> He's also my MVP. What was your favorite scene? Um, I think my favorite scene was the one, like the the scene between Roger and Steve Bonnet with the coin flip. I mean, I would have played it differently. Also, that would have been a good time to have a gun. But... <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe's like, this is where I'd pull up my gun and shoot him. By the way, not a violent man. I'm not a violent man at all, but if someone's flipping a coin for my life, guess what? (laughs) It's just going down. Um, That was your favorite scene? Oh, I mean, by default, yeah. Okay. Mine was when Brianna turns and Frank is standing there smiling at her. Oh my God, are you serious? That was the worst part of the episode. That's one of my favorite scenes Ever from Outlander. That was just the worst. Crying hysterically. Like, oh my god. Someone called so a Hallmark Channel. touching and meaningful and sweet. Ugh. And it's just, it's beautiful. That was my favorite scene. I'm cringing. Least favorite scene. And don't even say it. It's she turns <laughs> Frank on the dock. Absolutely. <laughs> Weird, permissive ghost Frank. You were... Schizophrenic. I bumped my head. No. It's incident. funny because you were so annoyed at that scene when we were watching it together, but you were like, God, he looks good. He did look good. <laughs> he looked real good. The hat, and he, like, the, I think he had a three-piece suit on. Yeah, it was great. And it was younger Frank, too. It was Frank that she would have remembered as a child because he was Frank. wearing his yeah. different glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I like those big glasses. Me, too. Yeah. Kind of light on the bottom, dark on the top. Yeah. So my least favorite scene was... Probably in the garden with Joni and Leary. Right. Why are we gardening with Joni and Leary? Guys, we only have 13 episodes. We have 13 episodes a season. Why are we gardening with Joni and Leary? No, Joni. Listening to how Jamie left them. Yeah. We don't need that. Don't care. We know. Don't care. All right. Well, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening in to Loylander. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Gotta get back in time.